welcome back to another episode of Down the Line. We've done this for 34 straight weeks. Now it's February 10th as we're recording this. It's about a little after 9.30 here on the West Coast. It's 10.30 Mountain Time. I'm here with my co-host, Kyle Betts. How are you doing, Kyle? Doing great. Uh, glad to be back for another week and glad to be joined yet again by Christian Alvarez, our special guest. Christian, how are you doing? Good, guys. Thanks for for having me on again always a always a pleasure to come on here and, and just talk sports love it we are talking a bunch of sports we're talking mlb lockout we're getting news within the last hour is mlb commissioner Rob manfred spoke to the media so we're going to get into that we're going to talk about um more within the lockout we're going to make our super bowl picks we get nba all-star with christian here we're going to have a all-star mock draft as well as um, between Team LeBron and Team Durant and who Kyle and Christian would want to pick. We're going to also talk UFC 271, which is going to happen next weekend. We're going to talk Olympics. We might talk a couple of gold medals the United States got over the last few days, as well as some of the Olympics at best moments so far. We're going to talk um, so many different things on a busy, another busy weekend of sports. Um, so let's jump right in with some MLB and we mentioned um, lockouts going on right now. And after our show last week, um, the MLB, they requested federal mediation during um, bargaining talks and MLB told the MLBPA it would not make a counteroffer after MLB said it would, uh, said it would two days earlier on February 1st. And um, the following day on Friday, the MLB Players Association rejected that federal mediation the following day and in the players association in their statement on Friday they said within their statement they said uh the clearest path to a fair and timely agreement is to get back to the table players stand ready to negotiate and Kyle when you think about the MLB putting the MLB owners putting out the federal mediation and the players association uh, rejecting that federal mission, what was kind of your reaction to seeing that the players they they want to be able to to be able to meet and um, eventually get spring training going again? Yeah, I mean, at this point, we've pretty much reached that point where Manfred is saying, you know, they want to get this going as soon as possible. Of course, every party does, but um, he's making it seem as if everything is going to start on time he said the status of spring training is no change right now essentially saying that's going to begin next monday but um essentially what's going to happen is the players association they're, they're not going to get what they're asking for and the process is going to continue and i, I feel like manfred again is going to end up as well as the owners they're going to point the finger at the players association and you know putting the responsibility on them saying we can't reach an agreement and it's going to drag out. But at this point, it does seem like, you know, the real deadline that they would need to meet is I think in about two or three weeks, just in order to get a normal start to the regular season. And I think that's really their main goal at this point. Um, the owners is starting the season, the regular season in a timely manner. And if, it, if that means missing spring training, then so be it because, at this point, it doesn't look like it's going to happen on time, even though Manfred says that that's his plan in place. But um, again, he, he said a lot of things that haven't happened during his tenure. So mm -hmm. <laughs> what do you really believe? Mm -hmm. Christian, when you think about this lockout, um, how, how, what, um, how long do you see it keep going? Does it go for another couple of weeks? Does it go for a few days when they meet on Saturday? What do you think? Anything could happen, but my gut tells me it's still going to take another month or two. It could, uh, I hope it's sooner, but that's just my feeling. It seems like right now, just both parties just cannot come to like even close to like what they want to agree on. Um, I mean, looking, I like wrote down like the timeline of things that's just been happening along the way with the four separate sessions that they've like met. Um, and it just seems like there's, one time when they'll bring up certain they're bringing up certain things but they leave out other things or like you know like for example like on the January like 25th meeting like 
they were like wanting to bring up the initial salary by like $45,000. But then the union counter offered and said, no, we want 750,000 instead of the uh, proposed 615,000. And so it was like just constant back and forth tension like that. I mean, they, you know, the service time manipulation, one of the key things that the players want to have accounted for um, just doesn't seem to get as, as addressed as they want to. I mean, there's just, numerous things like that um and like you guys said for spring training to start on february 16th opening day is supposed to be i think march 31st um that just seems really unlikely that it's gonna happen like on time at least at this moment but anything can happen i hope that you know they can just get their act together and and figure something out to have baseball goes into somewhat of a smooth transition to have things go normally. Um, but I think it's just uh, echoing kind of like how we feel in this pandemic. I think it's just frustration. It's just frustration that, um, you know, things just can't get resolved in, in the proper way. And, and yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not really, I wouldn't say, I guess, too surprised by what Manfred is uh is speaking out from, from himself. I mean, the owners have been meeting in Orlando. Um, and yeah, it's just, a, it's a, it's an unfortunate situation, but I guess it's a, it's just part of what happens in the game from time to time. I mean, there's so many hands inside the cookie jar that uh, things can just get complex and, and complicated. So, uh, but yeah, I, my, my gut tells me that it will take, it'll take longer than a couple more weeks. Mm-hmm. I hope not. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Mm-hmm. MLB Commissioner Rob Banford, who we've been talking about, he spoke with the media earlier this morning. Uh, some of the things that he did say um, once a deal is reached, major league major league spring training um, could begin within a week. Minor league spring training is still on point. Uh, we heard the AAA AAA schedule was increased to six games up to 150 for 2022. So minor league spring training at all levels is expected to begin on a side note. Um, Manfred also said there's no intention to have minor league players as replacement players uh, in spring training uh, for when major league spring training games begin. Um, The next meeting between the two sides is Saturday. Manfred is optimistic the regular season will start on March 31st. Um, as Kyle mentioned earlier, he uh, Manfred said the status of spring training is no change right now. And one thing Manfred also said was that MLB has agreed to a universal DH in a draft lottery. And when you think about this was kind of one of the big subjects that one of those big core economic issues that was discussed. And for them to, well, first talk about the universal DH, Kyle, what does it mean that we're going to see, we're going to actually see universal DH both in the American League and the National League. Yeah, I mean, that's a big change to the game and, and strategy, obviously, because, you know, and then uh, we, we've seen kind of a test run before, but now it's, you know, full go with that universal DH. And it's going to be interesting to see how it works this season and how rosters will, you know, change not only this year, but in years to come as well with having, you know, will teams have a pure designated hitter or are they going to rotate guys in? Um, I, I really don't have a problem with that. I think it's good for the game, obviously. Um, that discrepancy between AL and NL, it's, it's a bit weird. I, I know it, it's more historical than anything, you know, kind of growing up watching the NL always have, you know, pitchers go up to the plate or, you know, mm-hmm. deploying the pinch hitters when they need to do that. But, yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting aspect of this season that I honestly – forgot was going to happen and so i think it'll be fun for you know the national league to you know send more guys out there that are able to you know put the ball in play as well i think that's important so um i I think it'll be fun to watch honestly Mm -hmm. we probably won't that means we probably won't be able to see zach Granke or madison bumgarner at the plate um throughout the season but you know, we'll have to, you know, like Kyle said, we'll just have to wait and see. But it'd be something a little bit different in terms of National League rules and how managers um, plan in terms of their DH. Obviously, National League teams, they do it 
when they play interleague games, but now it'd be something um, a little bit different. I think, too, one thing it also might do, it also might open up the scheduling a little bit more for National League teams to play a little bit more American League teams thinking about it. Um, yeah. Depending on that schedule. Um, when you think about the draft lottery, both Christian, what was your reaction to hearing about MLB or Manfred saying MLB agreeing to a draft lottery? It's uh, it's interesting that he he brought that up. Um, I think it's uh, I mean we've seen that like in other sports like the you know NBA with like the draft lottery and how that works out for them, but uh, for the MLB in this case, I mean it's uh, I don't know. I guess it's a, it could improve the the aspect of the game. I mean it couldn't. I don't know if it could be necessarily a negative thing, but uh, of course that that could kind of tie in though with like what the uh, players union was bringing up about like the service time manipulation about like tanking, you know, mm-hmm. so that could be a negative aspect that, you know, teams are just going to be intentionally trying to, you know, go downhill to try to get one of these, you know, good slots to, to get a really high draft pick, really high player coming out of uh, college. But um, it, it kind of, yeah, it's kind of one of those things that we'll have to wait and see how it, how it plays out. Uh, I would hope that, the MLB can just in general be on top of better in that case that if they do see that kind of manipulation of teams trying to purposely uh, do worse to, to get a better draft slot in the lottery. But uh, I hope that the team, the teams and the league are just, they both responsibly acknowledge like what could and could not uh, happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Manfred also said that it would be "quote unquote" disastrous if um, the regular season does not start on time. Basically, if there's any missed games to the regular season, we're gonna keep keeping. We are going to keep track of the lockout as it continues, as you continued to say over the last 70, 70 days at least. Um, so we'll keep talking about the lockout once it ends once spring training begins when teams can meet in arizona when teams can meet in florida and not just the owners and the players association all right we're going to move on to the nba today is the national basketball association trade deadline it ends in a couple of hours at noon pacific time um you see some big trades already happened we saw cj mccollum go to new orleans that was on tuesday and kyle when you think about that cj mccollum trade what was your reaction to seeing um this actual teardown and process yeah this was a trade that was pretty interesting uh it seemed for the past two three years he's been involved in rumors but it never really formulated and now we've come to the point where you know, he, he sends to New Orleans, and that's a pretty nice roster when, when you think about it, especially whenever Zion comes back, <laughs> whenever that's going to be. But that's a solid roster. They have a little bit of depth on the bench as well. Um, obviously, Portland did receive Josh Hart in that deal and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, but ended up shipping away Alexander-Walker either way. Um, but, yeah, really at this point, they just have so many guards still on that roster of Portland. And... You know, it's going to be interesting to see how they perform, especially, you know, because the team is so trade depleted. And I, I think, you know, it's, it's probably for the best, but they didn't get much out of it at the same time. And they definitely could have got more. So I think they lost a trade. New Orleans won this easily, clear cut, no doubt about it. But at the same time, you know, even after trade, even after you lose a, a star caliber player like McCollum, they go ahead and beat LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So, I, I mean, I don't really want to talk about that anyways. But <laughs> at the same time, um, they're still, you know, they still have a solid roster, even though they have a couple guys that are being asked to play a lot more. Like, for instance, Justin Winslow, he had 11 points last night. Um, Greg Brown, he had 11 points as well. Um, so they're getting a lot of these guys who came off the bench or were in reserve, reserve roles or playing time. And it's going to be interesting how that plays out because they still want to win, apparently. 
And I don't know if Damian Lillard is going to come back soon or if at all the season, but it's definitely going to be weird to not see him and CJ McCollum play together. And yeah, I kind of feel for him at the same time, just because that team is so depleted at this point, but who knows, maybe they can put together some wins and continue to develop the young guys. The Portland Trailblazers are just one game back of that 10 spot uh, in the Western Conference um, to be in that play-in part of the tournament before the playoffs begin. And Christian, now to you, when you think about a player like Dave Muller, who's, you know, we know that relationship between him and Colin, what do you think is going through his head now that his backcourt mate, backcourt duo, is not with is not going to be with him. Yeah, I mean, I think when you're a player, regardless of the sport, and you've been with teammates for a while, and then all of a sudden things get shaken up, and and somebody gets spotted in a in a new situation, I think it's a uh, it's unfortunate. I mean, he he probably feels you know somewhat a little sad or, or disappointed that he doesn't get to play with one of his guys that he's been uh, through so much in the league. Um, but I mean, it's it's just part of the game when things get changed up. I mean, nothing lasts forever. I mean, we've seen some some partnerships that have been together for long tenures and they get broken up just because of uh, changes that are needed in in order to you know possibly send the the franchise in a direction to to get the ultimate uh, goal and that's to win a championship. And uh, you know, that's not to to diss DJ McCollum and say that he was a, a problem in Portland and to say that he wasn't a, a piece that could lead to that. Um, but, you know, perhaps the, the ownership management just saw that they needed to switch something up and, and try something new. And, and they knew that, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, he, uh, Damien Lillard is, is their guy, their face of the franchise, and they need to do something to, to revolve around him. Um, so I think it's, uh, yeah, he, he probably feels a little, Heard a little disappointed he doesn't get to write it out with CJ McCollum, but I think he understands that it's just part of the game and and anybody uh, at any moment, really, whether you're, uh, you know, some small contributor to a team or you could be one of the superstars on the team, anybody can be up for grabs to to be negotiated in in a trade. Mm -hmm. Another trade that took place in the Pacific Division of the Western Conference. Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald, um, a couple of franchise superstars up in Sacramento, is going to Indiana for one of their franchise superstars in 2021, all-star DeMonte Sabonis uh, as part of that trade. Kyle, what was your action when you heard this trade go down between the Kings and the Pacers? Yeah, it's tough to call. I think Indiana won this trade at least in my mind just because um Tyrese Halliburton obviously first round draft pick young budding star he's going to be great Buddy Hill I mean obviously six man candidate it seems at least in the past couple seasons great shooter um that ability that uh, that he possesses is incredible and yeah obviously you mentioned DeMonte Sabonis heading to Sacramento it's tough to call because obviously last night I think Sabonis had a double-double in his debut, and, and things are looking up for them. They ended up winning. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, because if you, you take a look at the Kings' depth chart. I mean, obviously, you look at Darren Fox as a name that, stand, that, that stands out to them um, and, and their growth. But um, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it'll be interesting to see. I think the paces get a lot better just because they had some shooting on their end. And they also had Justin Holiday. He's probably going to be their starting shooting guard from here on out. Um, it's probably a fair trade, I would say, on both ends, just because these players, you know, they possess so much talent in different ways. Sabonis, obviously, he can play power forward. He can play center if he needs to as well. Gets a lot of boards. And it's going to be interesting to see how healed adjusts playing in Indiana, and then same with Halliburton, um, if he's going to start. I think they're both available to play tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So really looking forward to that as well. And I think also the Kings today, they traded for Trey Lyles so, and Dante DiVincenzo. So they're adding some depth on their own, but it, it's definitely a new-look Kings team. Mm-hmm. 
Christian, when you look at this trade, you specifically get a player like Tyrese Halliburton, the 12th, 12th overall pick in the 2020 draft. Um, what does it mean that the Pacers were able to get a player like him who was a high first-round pick? I think that's huge for them. I mean, when you get a guy that you know did well in, in college and was an overall draft pick, like you said, top 15, uh, 12th overall, I mean, that's that's huge that you get a franchise uh, like the Kings to cough them up because, I mean, you've seen very, uh, in comparison to longevity, like some other guys in the league, uh, you've seen just the very tip of the iceberg of what this this kid can do. And so far, it's it's looked really good. And I think that the fact that now you get to bring him in under your uh, team and you get to develop him further and, and work around him, I mean, he could blow up any any minute, any, any game, you know, there could be a, a point in time when he, he really starts to become a bona fide star in the league. Um, it, it can happen. Um, and it also, I mean, I guess maybe if the Pacers are, are looking at as, as it, uh, that they just want to keep him around for a while, maybe if he still does really well, he could be another uh, piece to trade with in the future. Who, who knows? I mean, it's not, I don't, I don't know the intentions of the Pacers, but, I think it's it's big overall that the fact that they were able to cough up, uh, you know, such a high caliber player like that from the Kings, uh, and I know that on on the other end for Sacramento fans, I mean, they were very upset about it. Um, I got a pretty good gist of that on online, on social media that that Sacramento fans were were not too fond of of the transaction, but uh, I think for the Pacers, it's a it's a big win for them. Mm-hmm. Think about some of the other trades that have gone on so far. And a fan favorite leaving their team in Joe Ingles of the Utah Jazz in a three-team trade, also involving Portland, um, as well as it uh, looks like the Spurs. Um, I think, Kyle, what were you saying earlier? It was a Bobo got traded, right? The Celtics? Yeah, Bobo got traded. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't really mean much because he's probably mm-hmm. not going to play. <laughs> But obviously that trade, and then there was a four-team trade also this morning, trying to pull it up real quick. But it involves Serge Ibaka heading to the Bucks, And like I mentioned, um, Dante DiVincenzo heads to the Kings as well. So that's a pretty big deal. I mean, that's obviously a big trade going on there just because, I mean, the Bucks, man, they just seem to add a lot of depth every season. I mean, these past few seasons at least. So, yeah, the Kings get Dante DiVincenzo, Trey Lyles, and Josh Jackson. Bucks get Serge Ibaka. Not only that, but two future second-rounders and cash. And then Clippers get Rodney Hood and Simi Beaujolais. Pistons get Marvin Bagley Jr. So, again, in this case, Bucks win, I think, by far, just because Serge Ibaka is a really nice center to have come off the bench behind Bobby Portis. And they didn't need Dante DiVincenzo because – they have Grayson Allen. He's been playing out of his mind lately. I, I think for his ability, it's, it's fair to say that. So, um, again, this is really interesting to see. And I think it's also going to be really fun to watch and see what deals happen before the 12 p.m. Pacific trade deadline. Um, I think we could see definitely a lot more moves happen. There's been rumors like James Harden going to the Sixers. I don't think Russell Westbrook's going to end up being traded. A couple other guys have been rumored, but um, it's going to be interesting to see if any more big names get moved. I don't know if they will, but um, there will be at least some moves continue to happen within the next hour. We're only an hour away, actually. So mm-hmm. looking forward to it. We're a couple hours away as we've reached 10 o'clock a.m. here on the West Coast. And we're going to move on from the trade deadline to the All-Star yeah. game. Um, when you think about the roster, we're going to primarily talk about roster. Um, Christian, what was your reaction when you saw um, players such as Andrew Wiggins and John Morant as part of the Western Conference starters? It's deserving. I mean, they've been playing really well this season. And, and you know, they've made, I mean, after the Warriors acquired Wiggins uh, last season, I believe it was, um, you know, there was, uh, I don't know, there wasn't a big, huge like reception that it was going to be like you know a big uh a big impact on the team but he he has i mean he's he's done well and he's 
he's rolled uh, and meshed well with Draymond and Clay and Steph and and all those boys and and really I mean for them to have another All Star on the, on their roster is is huge and their push for wanting to be uh, a top team again in the league, wanting to compete for an NBA championship. I mean it's a big deserving for Wiggins and then John Morant. I mean ever since this guy entered the league, I mean he's been phenomenal. He's uh, really I think turned in an appeal for fans to want to pay attention to the Memphis Grizzlies. And I think he's, uh, I mean, a, a future star in the league for sure. Um, he's, he's kind of one of those, he, he kind of gives me vibes of like, I know their play style isn't exactly the same, but he gives me like the kind of vibes of like Damian Lillard. Like he's a guy that uh, face of the franchise, like can do it all, um, you know, hard hitting, like head, head nose into uh, you know, wanting the contact and, you know, not afraid of the big moments either. I mean, he's, he's a great player. And so I think uh, for both of these, uh, you know, young talents to still uh, make the all-star game is, is huge. And, and that means that, uh, you know, the next generation of the NBA is just in good hands with, with guys like this. I mean. Mm-hmm. Kyle, when you look at the reserves, um, obviously you see, for example, Jamon Green not playing. Um, so John J. Murray's taking his spot. You see LaMelo Ball being um he he's an all-star replacing Kevin Durant's spot, and as a result, Jason Tatum moves up into the starters pool. But Kyle, is there any any reserves out here that um kind of you were surprised about when you heard the announcement? No, honestly, I don't think so. I think this is a really solid list. I would say, you know, in the West, I would expect, you know, maybe another forward to replace Draymond Green. Um, obviously, DeJounte Murray fills in that spot. But at the same time, there hasn't really been many standout power forwards or even senders for that, you know, matter. Obviously, there's Carl Anthony Towns filling in the reserves and Rudy Gobert as well. But other than that, I mean, it kind of does make sense that Jante Murray replaces Green in that aspect just because there haven't been many great small forward power forwards that could fit in that spot and replace Draymond. So I think it's a solid list altogether. I mean, you look at the West and the East. Um, a name that really stands out to me in the East is Darius Garland. Mm-hmm. What he's been able to do and, and keep the Cavs, you know, really just in contention so far this season because I don't think a lot of people expected them to be doing as well as they are. And, um, we might even see them make another move. We saw them earlier this uh, week deal um, Ricky Rubio for Karis LeVert. So that's mm-hmm. big for them. And they get another guard back, especially um, after well, they've been through some injuries as well. So I think this is really important for them um, and their growth. And he's a big part of that. And good to see him be a first-time All-Star. Mm-hmm. And Darius Garland get, does get to be a first-time All-Star in his home uh, in his home arena out in Cleveland. Um, you think about the Cleveland, Cloud, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they're one game back of the Miami Heat for that number one overall spot in the East mm-hmm. with the Chicago Bulls. You think about Chicago Bulls almost having two um, two players in the back in the starting backcourt, DeMar DeRozan, as well as Zach Levine. But we're going to get into this mock draft between Kyle and Christian, we're going to do a coin flip to see who wants which team, and then we will start picking. So, Christian, since you are our guest, you get to pick. Uh, you get to decide the coin flip, so I got a penny here. Uh, just usual heads or tails. Uh, so, go ahead and call it, Christian. Oh, man, big pressure. Um, but I am ultimately going to go with uh, heads. All right, it is heads. So, Christian, with you winning the toss, mm. you get to decide if you want to be – if you want to be Team LeBron or you want to be Team Durant. Hmm. I, I'll go with Team LeBron. Right. Chris is going to be Team LeBron. And Kyle will be Team Durant. Team Snake. Let's go. Right. So with that, <laughs> um, with that, with LeBron being the leading vote-getter between um, the Western and Eastern Conference, Team LeBron does have the first pick. So the floor is yours, Christian. Who is the first pick? Man, well, for Team LeBron, for the uh, 
mock draft, the first pick in the All-Star game, NBA All-Star game, 2022. Team LeBron is going to select Giannis Antetokounmpo. Right. Not to be like last year. It's it's hard. It's hard. Uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. Now we're in this format where you can, uh, as a captain, you can pick from both the Western or the Eastern Conference. So you see Giannis Antetokounmpo off the board, averaging almost 29 points a game, 11 rebounds as well. He's the reigning All-Star Game MVP, as well as a two-time Kia MVP. Kyle, who is your first pick for Team Durant? So my mindset in the draft, I really – I just really want a really fun team together that can, you know, just light things up and just, you know, get some, get some heads, you know, look in the other direction. So team Durant with their first pick, a little bit of a wild card. I'm, I'm going to take John Morant. John Morant. Wow. All right. John Morant is off the board. His first all-star game, the 2020 Kia Rookie of the Year averaging 26.4 points per game at another 6.9 assist and 5.9 rebounds. John Morant is off the board for, for Kyle and Team Durant. All right, your second pick, Christian. Go ahead. We still have Nikola Jokic, Andrew Wiggins, and Seth Curry in the Western Conference. And we also got Joel Embiid, DeMar DeRozan, Trey Young, and Jason Tatum. Well, I uh, probably feel like I'll get some slander if I don't pick this guy next. Um, so in sake of not wanting to get lit under the fire on Twitter, um, I will <laughs> I will be selecting uh, Steph Curry That's as my next pick. Yeah. All right. Uh, Christian is following LeBron James's first two picks from last year um, as he goes Giannis and Curry. All right, Kyle, who do you have uh, as your second pick? Team Durant. I'm gonna take Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid adding some height to his team. We know Kevin Durant's not gonna play, so it helps that out as well. All right, third round of the starters pool. Go ahead, Christian. Uh, with the third pick in the NBA All Star Game 2022, Team LeBron, I'm gonna select Demar Derozan. Mm. Mar DeRozan, yeah, he's having a season, a pretty good season right now. You really think about it. He's 26.6 points per game, another 5.1 assist and 5.1 rebounds, getting some a second guard um, in that backcourt with John Morant. Now, Demar DeRozan. All right, Kyle, now let's go to your third pick. Oh, no, actually – go to your next pick who you got Kyle I'm gonna take my one of my favorite players to watch in the league by far Jason Tatum Jason Tatum all right Jason Tatum is off the board he entered the starters pool this is his think about it last night he's this is he has moved into the starters pool for the second straight year replacing Durant in that starters pool averaging 25.9 points per game 4.1 assists per game and eight and a half rebounds per game a 2020 all NBA player and 2018 all rookie team Jason Tatum on team LeBron all right all right Christian oh oh I'm messing things up now no wonder okay uh go ahead go ahead Christian all right, like uh, picking back off of uh, what Kyle just said, this uh, next guy I'm picking is probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite player to keep up with in the league. Um, really enjoy watching this guy. I, I really hope that, uh, you know, he gets some success in, in terms of being able to fight for a championship in the future. But uh, Team LeBron is going to select uh, Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic. Right. Good player there. Um, Luka Doncic for the Dallas Mavericks. Um, where is he? Hold on. Oh, no. You are – oh, Christian, we're going to pick on the starters. We're not doing the oh, reserves okay. Ah, uh, my bad. Um, in that case, then, if not Luka, um, for the starters, I am going to go with uh, the Joker, 
I'm gonna go with Nikola Jokic. That's right. That's right. Nikola Jokic. Um, he is in his fourth All Star game, averaging twenty five point nine points per game, uh, seven point eight assists, and thirteen rebounds. 13.7 rebounds, the 2021 Kia MVP, three-time All-NBA. Kyle, now your final pick of the starters. Who do you have? Yeah, I'm going to go with Trey Young. It's going to be fun. It would be fun, hypothetically, to see two point guards out there together, but why not? <laughs> All right, Kyle picks Trey Young. His second All Star game coming up next weekend. 2019 All Rookie Team, averaging 27.9 points per season, along with 9.3 assists and 4.0 rebounds. So with that, um, the other two players, Wiggins coming to KD, right? Or King KD? Yeah, mm-hmm. Wiggins, as well as. Be one more, I think. Right. No, uh, who had Jason Tatum? That would be that was me, that was and, then, and then yeah, Christian would yeah. automatically have LeBron, LeBron, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. all right. Our starting five is set it's Giannis, Curry, DeRozan, and Trey Young, along with LeBron James for Kyle, and it is for Team Durant, it's John Morant, Joel Embiid, Andrew Wiggins. Uh, Nicole Jokic and Jason Tatum as a starting five. All right, now we're going to move on from the starters to the reserves and Team Durant. And Kyle has the first pick amongst the reserves. Kyle, who do you pick? All right, so for reserves, man, a lot of good names in here, but I think we might as well go with a solid six man. So I'm going to go with D Book. Devin. Booker from the Phoenix Suns here. Uh, his third All-Star game, averaging 25.2 points per game, another 4.3 assists, as well as 5.4 rebounds per game. All right, Christian, who do you have for Team LeBron? Uh, well, I, I jinxed myself earlier of going too early on it, but uh, now I will pick up uh, Luka, Luka Doncic. Yep. There you go. He does get Luka Doncic after all. Luka Doncic, his third All-Star game, 26.2 points per game, another nine rebounds, another eight rebounds, almost averaging triple-double, two-time All-NBA in 2019, Rookie of the Year. All right, so we got two Western Conference players off the board. All right, Kyle, who do you pick now for Team Durant? Man, this is, this is pretty tough. There's a lot of good names on here. Mm-hmm. But I am going to go for a guy who has really, I think, you know, he struggled with injuries a lot of times, but, but um, having a really good season here, I'm going to go with Kat. Carl Anthony Towns, she's been solid. We need some more depth um, in the post. I'll take him. Right. Carl Anthony Towns is now off the board. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, sorry, sorry. Big trade. Oh, we got breaking news here. Oh, Sixers get James Harden. Nets wow. get Ben Seth Curry and draft pick. That oh my gosh! That trade is actually happening. I was not Nets sure are, that Nets, trade was going to happen. Yeah, Nets are trading James Harden for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first rounders. Wow. <laughs> That's huge. Right, breaking the draft because we got breaking news. <laughs> wow. That's insane. Uh, the Nets are also sending uh, Paul Millsap, too. Oh, Millsap, okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That That's is... crazy. Well, we haven't mentioned James Harden yet, but he would still be a member of the Brooklyn Nets for this all-star game. <laughs> Wow, all right. <laughs> so Kyle just picked Carl Anthony Towns, and then we had a break in the action with a James Harden trade. Well, we were going to bring up James Harden, but not in that aspect yet. 
<laughs> I hope some people got their jersey assurance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right. You guys want to talk about the trade or get back to the draft? Uh, we can finish the draft first. All right. All right. We'll get into the trade after the draft. All right. All right. Now it would be Christian's second pick of the reserves after picking Luka Doncic from the Dallas Mavericks. Man, this is a. Uh... This is where it's starting to get a little tough for me, but uh, I'm gonna pick somebody's uh, partner in crime in the uh, in the backcourt here. So I'm gonna go with uh, from the Chicago Bulls, Zach Levine. Zach Levine, that's a nice pick. I wanted that pick. <laughs> getting to be with the Marge. I like what they got cooking in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Just missed out on a bid to be a, in the starting nod amongst the backcourt. He's playing in yeah. his second All Star game. Averaging 24.7 points per game, as well he was on the 2015 All Rookie Team. So Zach Levine is off the board from the Chicago Bulls. Array, go ahead, Kyle, with your third pick amongst the reserves. Yeah, um, man, this is tough. I think I'm gonna go with James Harden though. Your newest picture. Speaking. <laughs> Speaking of James Harden, trust the process. Uh-huh. The newest <laughs> member of the Philadelphia 76ers, who is uh, who will play as the I'm pretty sure he will he will play as the Brooklyn Nets for this All Star game. He will play in his tenth All Star game, averaging 22.5 points per game, 10.2 assists per game, as well as eight rebounds. 2018 MVP and seven-time All NBA James Harden going. The team Durant. All right. All right, Christian, who is you uh your third pick amongst the reserves? The third pick amongst the reserves. I am gonna go with Chris Middleton. All right, Chris Middleton getting to play with Giannis uh in this all-star game. Chris Middleton from the Milwaukee Bucks is third all-star game as part of the that championship team from last year. He's playing his third All-Star game, averaging 19.5 points per game, another 5.3 assists along with 5.6 rebounds. Chris Middleton is off the board for Christian. All right, Kyle, at the start off, this fourth round of the reserves, who do you got? I'm going to go for James Baskets, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. <laughs> He will get to play alongside his coach, Eric Spolstra of the Heat. Uh, for Team Durant, you've got Monty Williams coaching on the west side. Jimmy Butler's off the board here in this fourth round of the this mock draft. So, so far, all right, go ahead, Christian. Who do you have as your fourth pick? My fourth pick in the reserves, I am going to go with uh, Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet. I don't know if you can. I don't know if uh, deserving is an understatement to describe Fred Van Vliet's All Star. He's playing in his first All Star game, averaging twenty one point six points per game, seven point two assists, and four point seven rebounds per game. Part of that championship team in twenty nineteen. So Fred Van Vliet is off the board, and we look at these rosters so far. So. We mentioned the starters for Christian and Team LeBron. He's got Giannis, Curry, DeRozan, and Trey Young. You look at Kyle's team, he's got Morant, Embiid, Tatum, Dokic, and Wiggins. And then you look at the reserves. Christian, you got Doncic, Levine, and Middleton, and Blake. How do you feel like your how do you feel like this team is coming together so far? I think it's uh, it kind of reminds me of like if any of you like play like sports video games out there, or, like when you play like the ultimate team or like, and like, you're just trying to get like the most like stacked roster that you can. This mm-hmm. is like, <laughs> this is as big as it gets for me. So yeah, it's like, yeah. I would be like, I mean, my mouth is just like salivating. Like I could only imagine what this would be like if it ever came into fruition, mm-hmm. like getting this on the court, like mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yep. <laughs> right. Kyle, your reaction to your team so far with Booker, Towns, Harden, and Butler off the bench? 
Yeah, I like it. I think it's a good team. Um, get some shooters in there right now. I'm looking forward to my next pick as well. All right. And with your next pick, who do you got, Kyle? Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. All right. We've got no Utah Jazz slander like last year. Donovan Mitchell's in his third <laughs> all-star game. Um is averaging 25.5 points per game, another 5.2 assists to 3.9 rebounds, a 2018 all-rookie team. And what I mean by the Utah Jazz slander is him and Rudy Gobert were the final two players on the board. Uh, they were the last two picks of last year's draft between LeBron James and Kevin Durant. So Jonathan Mitchell off the board. Kyle, who do you have as your – or Christian, who do you have as your next pick for Team LeBron? Team LeBron for the next pick. I'm going to go with uh, one of the uh, Banana Boat crew, so I'll go with Chris Paul. Chris Paul, a veteran mm -hmm. in himself. Chris Paul is off the board. He's playing in his 12th All-Star game. He's averaging 24.3 points per game, 3.9 assists, 9.6 rebounds, 10-time all-NBA and was All-Star Game MVP in 2013, part of a Suns team that it has the best record in the NBA. So Chris Paul is on a team LeBron just like last year. All right, Kyle, who do you got to start um, the sixth round of the reserves? Round six. Man, this is tough. I'm going to go LaMelo Ball. Mellow Ball, he is also going to be off the board, the replacement in the Eastern Conference. He's playing in his first All-Star game, averaging 19.6 points per game, 7.5 assists, as well as 7 rebounds for the Charlotte Hornets, the, the reigning Kia Rookie of the Year, as the Charlotte Hornets are right now playing 500 basketball, so Mello Ball is off the board. We got a few players left, including Darius Garland, Rudy Gobert, and DeJounte Murray. So with that, you're gonna get two of these two of these players, Christian. Who is one of those players that you will get? One of those players will be uh Darius Garland. Darius Garland. So with will the be kid on. representing uh, Cleveland. Yep, he will be representing. Cleveland Cavaliers, the home team for um, this 2022 NBA All-Star Game. Darius Garland, is, he will also be playing in his first um, All-Star Game, averaging almost 20 points per game, along with 8.2 assists. Darius Garland going to Christian's team of Team LeBron. All right, Kyle, this is your final pick between Rudy Gobert as, and DeJounte Murray. Who do you want? Who do you pick? I'm going to go with the other first-time All-Star, DeJounte Murray. He is dynamic. Right. DeJounte Murray going to Team, team Durant. DeJounte Murray, the replacement for Draymond Green. He's also, as you mentioned, Kyle playing in his first All-Star game. He's averaging close to 20 points per game, along with 9.2 assists. At 8.4 rebounds for the San Antonio Spurs. And that means, Christian, that you will be getting Rudy Gobert as your final pick. Rudy Gobert here in 2022, the 2021-2022 season. Playing in his third All-Star game, averaging 16 points. He's averaging a double-double to go with 15 rebounds per game. A three-time Kia Defensive Player of the Year and a four-time All-NBA. And Kyle... You got what are your reactions uh, to your team? I like it. I think this is a solid team, it's a fun team, like I wanted it. Um, hopefully, we get some alley oops and you know, some trick plays and, and things of that sort because it's an all star game. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's a team where, you know, not only it's a solid starting five, but guys coming off the bench are going to be able to light things up because I really wanted to put some shooters on my bench and so coming off I, I think we got a lot of three-point talent as well so th this is a pretty solid team I like it mm -hmm. there was no wrong pick here there was no bad picks in this draft 
Christian, now that we've picked our uh, entire teams, uh, what's your reaction to this, uh, your team? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's just a stacked team. It's uh, crazy, like, that we just have this much talent in the NBA uh, that, you know, we can have an amazing starting five and an amazing, like, starting five in reserves, too. I mean, like, it's just uh, incredible. It's a team that's, uh, you know, built to win. I'm, uh, I'm curious, like, just in general, like, you know, when these two teams, like, go head-to-head, like, who's going to come out as the uh, all-star game MVP, mm-hmm. who's going to really, uh, you know, really want it. But uh, yeah, I think uh, this is, uh, I mean, high scoring. I mean, it covers, covers all the bases really. I mean, you know, have great, uh, you know, forwards and powerhouses like Giannis and, and LeBron. And then you just got, you know, some amazing, uh, you know, backcourts, dynamic shooters like Steph Curry and, you know, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, Mm-hmm. I mean, got a mixture of uh, some young guys in there mm-hmm. uh, that can light things up, you know, already, you know, starting to become, uh, you know, faces of their franchise. And and I'm sure that they're going to get a lot more call-ups for, for all-star games in, in the future. But, um, yeah, it's a it's a fun roster. I, I really like it. Mm-hmm. The actual draft between Team LeBron is, and Team Durant will take place later tonight on TNT during uh, the tip-off show. So um, before the uh, 4.30 game, I'm pretty sure that's the time tonight's game kicks off at. That will be the actual draft. Um, Next week, Kyle and I will discuss more about next week's All-Star Weekend, uh, three-point contest, slam dunk, you name it. When we come back, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about James Harden uh, trade. We're going to get more details about it when we come back here on Down the Line. 